You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Violin Dan. what we're talking about this week wow you're so dreamy joe carroll you're dreamy that was great i wish i could play the guitar like you you can't welcome to guys who like musicals welcome to guys who like musicals we're talking about once we're talking about the saddest musical of all time <laughs> the greatest sad cry your freaking eyes out uh movie to musical the best movie that the best movie musical that has ever been made into a broadway musical well, that's a hot take that's um, definitely a hot take but by yes. far I'm going to defend it. I'm going to defend it. Top 25. Today, but you might also agree with me. So, best romantic films of all time. Yep. Yep. Unbelievable. According Um, to people, not just me. Totally celebrating things you can watch right now. Mm -hmm. Watch the original Once movie. Um, We, Dan and I both watched it this morning. Uh, I'm not crying. You're crying. Um, Holy shit. It is just as good as it's ever been. I love it. I'm, 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 I love it so much. I'm so glad you texted me like earlier in the week. You're like, what are we doing on the podcast this week? And I was like, I don't know. And you're like, if you could do one show, if you could do one thing, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, once obviously. And you're, you're like, let's go. Let's go. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. So an actor is saying his lines and then out of nowhere, he just starts singing. Five, six, seven, eight. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk to me about your your experience with this. Like, how, do you, how did you come across this movie? What's your, like... When did you first see it or when did so, you first know about it? I remember I remember the song falling slowly crossing my like yeah, you know, sphere of my life when I was in high school. Okay. Yep. 
I forget how I'm going to guess a girl that just was like how I learned about music at that age, which is so sad. Like I was either listening to rent and wicked on repeat or spring awakening. Yeah. 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 Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like, you know, dashboard confessional or something from some really? girl. Dad, you were but a dashboard confessional really? guy. Oh yeah. Definitely. Like, a, I, was I mean, come on. I know, but I was such a dashboard confessional guy for like, some really dark years of high school. Yeah. You know, um, that's funny. That's why I talked about that. That's why I only sing with straight tone. Like I was just totally (laughs) warped into a musical style. Um, but honestly, my first, my first engagement with this show was seeing you in it. Ah, I hadn't seen the movie. Wow. Oh, you hadn't seen the movie? No, dude. Oh, okay. There I am seeing my best friend (laughs) in his Broadway (laughs) debut, and I'm pretty sure you snuck me in, like, from the house manager. Oh, did you? And you were on for the drummer. Yep, yep. Yep. Um, that was, that was a very cool night. It's yeah. basically the role you played in bandstand. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the same role. It's the same role. Uh, yeah. Svetchin once is, is bandstand just... is actually the sequel, the prequel to, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. To where, where Svetch the drummer was, uh, yeah. you know, before in another, in another lifetime, he was Johnny uh-huh. Simpson in bandstand. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, yeah, that was very cool. And this is a thing that doesn't happen anymore. And I'm not even getting the guy in trouble because he retired, but the world's greatest house manager, uh, would, yeah. he would, he would sneak people in. Yeah. Um, for that show in particular, cause it was so sold out that like mm-hmm. I, my friends and family couldn't come see it. And like, you yeah. know, you couldn't, you know, always get tickets for it when I first joined the show. And so, um, he would sneak people in and they could stand at the back or whatever. I stood in the back. Yeah. Yeah. And then you Ended came to see it with your mom. It, didn't you see it with, with your mom I came too? with my mom yep. when Ben was on with Kristen. Yeah. Nice. I saw Arthur Darvel yep. and Steve and Kristen. And I mean, I saw it four times. Wow. And I never didn't cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of what this thing does. Um, yeah. I actually, this is you? really, this is, well, um, I, we've talked about it a lot on the pod, but it was my, my Broadway debut. Um, I came into the show in uh, August, uh, early September after they had won the Tony for Best mm-hmm. Musical. And uh, like, they, they like added very few weeks after your summer gig after graduation. Yeah, I graduated yeah. from college in spring, in April of 2012, and and I started in this show on like you know September of 2012, which is completely insane, mm-hmm. um, and unbelievably serendipitous. I I've been obsessed with this since the movie came out. I saw the movie in theaters. Um, I. I just, I remember when they won the Academy Award for best song. I remember mm-hmm. watching that speech. I remember them getting kind of kicked off the stage, sort of. They like got cut, sh- their speech got cut short. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember all of that and being like, what, you know, kind of what, uh, what's going to happen with this movie? Because I remember loving it, but it's so small and it's so like, mm-hmm. you know, who, you know, is mm-hmm. it going to actually catch fire? Ends up, I mean, we'll talk about all this, but it ends up making, you know, Lots it ends of up money. a lot of money. <laughs> $20 million um, at least. Yeah. Um, and so, and Alex remembers, and I, I don't really, I don't remember this, but freshman year of college, Alex remembers um, us watching this together in the mm. early, the early days of flirting. And I'm like, well, let's oh. go watch this like super, you know, this movie that I love that's like super sad and about like, you know. But like, that know, is you guys. <laughs> yeah, that's like, like when I'm yeah, watching right, that, I'm right, like, right. oh, that's like Joe and Alex. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in we, your own way. In our you own guys way. could make your own story. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
so we watch it and she remembers me turning to her and saying, I, they need to make this a musical. This would be a great stage musical. Wow. Um, I don't remember that. And I don't know if I had the foresight at that time, but I then flash, you know, flash forward three years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of our friends, friend of the pod, Stephanie Styles. Her dad was a producer on Once. So mm-hmm. Stephanie's at school with us. And I was coming to New York to audition for the non-equity tour of American Idiot. Yes. Yeah. And sporting I, your eyeliner. I'm sporting my eyeliner. I was the only one wearing <laughs> eyeliner and like actual, like a dead Kennedy's shirt at the uh, audition for, for, I'm sure they loved you. You know, they, they, um, they loved me. They didn't cast me, but that's okay. Sure. Um, um, but then, uh, I, I, I went to go see it and, and Stephanie helped with tickets cause it had been sold out. Mm. And, uh, I just was like, this is a perfect musical. I cried like a maniac. I I was overwhelmed as a as a kid who was an actor musician seeing it done to perfection. Seeing actor musicians being actor musicians to perfection At the highest level. was yeah. just it was uh, it blew me away. And I remember looking in the program and seeing that Ben Hope was the understudy and he had to play drums and guitar and bass and piano. And I had played all those instruments and I remember saying to myself, if that guy leaves for some reason, I'm going to take his job and that will be my Broadway debut. And then cut to August, they're looking for a standby for Steve and a standby for Kristen because they had, you know, they'd won the Tony Award. It was a big hit. They they needed um, full-time standbys now. You know, Kristen Milioti was shooting The Wolf of Wall Street at the time, you know, like just basically on on a rocket to being a full-fledged movie star. So Laura Dreyfus got cast as the standby for Kristen Milioti and going through the process, I was up for the guy standby. They, we got down to the end and they were like, you know, you're too young for that role, but we've Mm -hmm. decided to promote Ben Hope to be the guy standby. And now we need a swing. We need a, or, you know, an understudy, you know, somebody to cover four roles and to cover like 10 instruments. And so I, and I was like, I, it was like the moment I had been waiting for in my life and they said, well, you know, do you actually play the mandolin and the bass and the ukulele and all this stuff? And I said, yes. And I went in and played. But you were sh- lying. I, I was lying about the banjo. I, they asked if I played the banjo and I lied. I said, yes. And I didn't have to play the banjo in my final callback, thank God. But I, I lied. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'll figure it out. Um, right. Then uh, I started, um, I, I, I went to my final callback, was playing through the score, um, the whole score on drums, guitar, bass, ukulele, mandolin, and piano. And I booked the show a couple wait, days wait, later. Wait, so <laughs> they're like, okay, from the top of falling slowly on the drums. That's not a good example, but like yeah. from the top of when your mind's made up from the drums and then you had to play it on bass and then yeah. you, really like yeah. just, yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to, it was like, there was only drums on uh, a couple of songs. Like you, you just said like uh, when your mind's made up is the drum song. So it was right. like, start play, play when your mind's made up on drums, then play it on bass, play it on guitar. Wow. And then we went, went around and there was like, okay, now we're going to play the most difficult piano part, which was during, um, it's during sleeping. It's this little piano riff during sleeping. And so we played sleeping on piano. And then was there was a only, group of you. No, it's just me by just myself. By and yourself. then there's one other guy who was up for it. And then, you know, play the, play the hardest ukulele track, which was on gold. And so play that, play that on mandolin. And so once you, once you play falling slowly and, you know, finger picking falling slowly by yourself and, uh, you know, some of the other difficult guitar stuff, uh, uh, when your mind's made up on guitar, 
they kind of were like, oh, okay, you, if you can do those two things, then you can, you can play gold. You know, I'm sure right. you know how to play gold. That's pretty, you know, right. that's pretty uh, easy. And, you know, it's right. just a different tuning and all this stuff. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so that was the whole story. And then I did the show for 11 months and we'll talk more about all of this stuff, but it was, it was the most amazing and sort of heart-wrenching experience at the same time. It was, it was just a remarkable experience and a lot of stories. And it's all about what happens when your dreams come true, man. Exactly. Let's not talk about the TV show that we're writing, but um, <laughs> the, so we, well, we're so excited to talk about this today because you can watch this movie and the movie, the movie is still, it's just remarkable what, like what somebody can do. This movie was made for a hundred thousand dollars. We can just, we'll talk about 116,000 pounds. It was, and it was 75% financed by the Irish film board. Which is crazy to That's think crazy. about because that doesn't happen today. When yeah. you look at it now, you're like, oh, you could have made this like it looks like it was shot on a like a home video camera, yeah. which it was. But yeah. the DP was like the director of photography of the Gladiator movie. Like the yeah. guy knows what he's doing. He just shot it handheld, so it right. felt like a home movie, which is yes. cool. Yes. Um yeah. all natural lighting. They used all of like friends and acquaintances' apartments. The most expensive part of the movie was the crane shot at the end. I was gonna ask you that yeah. because the crane shot I, I was watching it and I was like, this is a Dan question because that's clearly a crane shot. And mm-hmm. I'm like this this is the only time there's been anything flashy in the whole mm-hmm. movie. Yep. You know, no artificial light, nothing, like nothing. Yeah. Just yep. that's the first time. Um there's a lot of like interesting movie stuff. I have some of that in here, but yeah. um I think yeah, it, this yeah. Well, no, I was just gonna say if you wanted to focus on the movie first or talk about the musical first, or if we just kind of want to just go talk through. about the musical and okay, then great. when we talk about the development of the musical, we can okay, talk great. about the movie. All right, great. So we'll talk about the musical, um, which is my favorite musical of all time. So yes. So the title actually uh refers to how John Carney, uh, who's the director of the movie, was and writer uh, of the movie, yeah. And the writer of the movie. He was a bassist and he thought of all of these talented artists and musicians that he worked with who, who always used to say something like once this happens, once, right, once I get right, this, right. then I can blah, blah, blah. And they were like basically putting off anything that could happen in their life because they were waiting for something else to happen before they would allow themselves to live their dreams. And that's where mm-hmm. the title comes from, which I thought was interesting. Um, jumping into the show. Yeah, I really like that. The musical began performances at the Bernard B. Jacobs theater on the 28th of February, 2012, and opened on the 18th of March. It played 1,167 performances before it closed. The show was nominated for 11 Tony Awards. It won eight, including Best Musical, and it also won the Drama League Award that season. They won the Tony Award for Best Musical, Best Book, Best Actor. Steve Kazee took down Jeremy Jordan, Kristen Milioti lost to Audrey, Audrey McDonald. And she talks about that. I remember her saying, uh, you know, like, hey, do you think like, you, did you think you were going to win? You know, like there's that thing with yeah. Tony Ward's like, oh, did you right. think you were going to win? And she was like, she was like, no, like Audra was, it was, it was going to be Audra. And she, right. Kristen said that she got drunk before the, the, the like or during the, uh-huh. the Tony. So she's sitting in her seat, like buzzed. And she's like, if I would have had to get up and give a best, like a speech in that moment, I was so convinced that I wasn't going <laughs> to win that I like had champagne at, like at the bar, which is just right. like the greatest thing. That's amazing. Ever. <laughs> um, 
and Steve also beat out like it was Norm Lewis and Jeremy Jordan who he beat yeah. out for that too. Yeah. So it's like he had to take on a legend too. Totally. Um, John Tiffany won for best direction of a musical. Um, Martin Lowe won for orchestrations. These orchestrations are fire. Just, just bonkers. Slaps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was also the music director of the show as well. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Which doesn't always happen. That's not always like a thing, but he, yeah, sometimes yeah. they're separate. Right. Yeah. Um, they won Bob Crowley won for best scenic design. Uh, Natasha Katz won Best Lighting Design and Clive Goodwin won for Best Sound Design. Bob Crowley and Natasha Katz end up working with John Tiffany on Glass Menagerie and we'll talk more about some of their careers as we get going. Yeah. Um, obviously, the show was a critical success if we're still here talking about it as epic as it was. I thought what yeah. was interesting is that like when Ben Brantley saw it for the first time off-Broadway at New York Theater Workshop, he kind of was like, it's a little plastic. Mm. It's a little saccharine, mm. you know, but the music kind of brought out like the complexity of who these people were. Yeah. The quote, rough edged, sweet and sad ambivalence mm -hmm. that we seldom, that we seldom see in American musicals. He then, when he comes back to see the show on opening night on Broadway, he's like, they, they fixed it. it. Yeah. <laughs> this right, is right, it. Right, 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 right. He says, yeah. um, yeah. It, last time I saw it, it was a little too twee, too conventionally sentimental, but on Broadway, uh, it's essentially the same production. It feels vital and surprising as the early spring that has crept up on Manhattan that year. Hmm. He thought Wasn't it was wonderful nice. and awesome. And well, we and, actually yeah. just for two seconds, um, just this, this morning, cause we're recording this on Thursday, uh, Ben Brantley announced that he is stepping down as the chief reviewer of the New York times. Hot news so, here first yeah so you'll you'll we're going to talk about that next week on tuesday's news pod because we'll have a lot of thoughts about that but um yeah he we just so i felt like we needed to talk about it because that was just like popped up this morning yeah uh, but yeah, yeah i i love that because it's also what people say about the movie i mean like the movie was without these songs being this perfect yeah the the story could be saccharine it could be it could yeah. be like just too sweet you know um because it's so yeah. it's uh and I want to talk about this later, but the yeah. movie, it's like shot like a documentary. It's shot like slice of life. They mm -hmm. want you to feel like you're yep. there and like, yep. it's not put on. It's not right. fake. It's right. real. These are non-actors. So even more right. than like, right. just how it's written, you have this kind of like improvised feeling. Right. Mm -hmm. But without the music, you're like, what happens? <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. kind of a double-edged sword. And I think what, what's so genius about the musical is that they musicalized it and they yeah took the form that they had, they made it into a Broadway musical, they added humor, they added a better, like they constructed the arc in a better way. Yeah, deeper, deeper characters. The show, yeah, definitely. deeper character, you know, uh, supporting characters all around. Yeah. Uh, you know, the best of, for me, it's the best of, you know, being able to see it. And, uh, you know, if anybody hasn't seen it, it, for me, it was the best of like, you know, 10 actors in chairs. Like there was not, right. there was not a lot of costumes. There was no, there was no pyrotechnics. It was just chairs, excellent lighting, re excellent sound design, really good, beautiful staging, staging and choreography, mm -hmm. you know, like it was just simple. It was a very yeah. simple show. Um, and we'll talk about this in a second when we get to like what else was running at that time. But it was just like, you know, it's that verse newsies basically like that's yeah. up for best musical. Right. So it's, it's the, you know, historically at that time, it's a lot of the same players you still see today. Lion yeah. King, Chicago, Wicked, Phantom, Book of Mormon opened the year before and like was impossible to get a ticket, obviously, until right. very recently. Then what opened this, that season, the, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. and Leap of Faith 
Right. Uh, nice work if you can get it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Newsies, as Joe said. Yeah. And obviously... Newsies was the whole, the whole thing about Newsies was sort of a surprise and they kind of never thought it would run as long as it did, but then it became the standout hit that everyone loved and they were going head to head and, and obviously once wins. And I think, I think rightfully so, like I'm a huge Newsies guy, Yeah, but, um, well, there was a lot of, go ahead. Yeah. You were going to say that. Yeah. I'm a big Newsies guy, but I think like when we talk about elevating the form, yeah, Newsies was, Newsies felt a bit too much like a dance concert mm. because we were kind of stopping the story to watch these tricks. Right. And once wasn't pulling any tricks. Right. So, and, and at this time, I think the Tony voters were like very into that kind of idea, you know, like mm-hmm. gentleman's guide wins. Right. Right. You know, the right. next year, right. it's like people right. are very committed to like what kind of show this is. Yeah. And so yeah. Newsies just loses out to that. Yeah. And I was thinking too that, you know, Newsies was Disney theatrical, you know, which is kind of sometimes the big bad wolf of Broadway. Some, you know, where mm-hmm. they have all the money in the world and they mm-hmm. can kind of do whatever they want to do or so, or so people think, you know, having right. worked for them, you know, I'm like that that's true kind of, but not true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this was, this was a very, this was produced by major players. Like there was no world where once was just like, Ooh, this little show that could, and like, they don't think it's going to be successful. Like this is like, you know, an an unbelievably vetted and seasoned group that was putting Mm -hmm. this together. So like they knew that they were coming for, they were coming for the, the, you know, going for gold or whatever. Yeah. But it was cool that it was like, you know, no, I, I totally agree with you. I think that once elevated the art form and, and, you know, Newsies was great for a lot of reasons, but I think that that, that, that Tony race just like was right for me. Yeah. Like that year, it was just like, yes, the show that should win mm-hmm. won, And also mm-hmm. once probably needed, I mean, we said this all the time that like it right. ran for three years and it probably wouldn't have if right. it, if it had not won the Tony award. Right. And Newsies and still, all yeah. Of those, right. Exactly, because Newsies then was fine. They ran for a long time, a bunch of national tours, whatever, you yeah. know, and, and I think that once may have gotten missed because it was so simple and quiet. When we talk about the development of the show, obviously we know that Once is uh, once the musical is based on the 2007 uh, movie written and directed by John Carney. It stars Glenn Hansard and... Do you know how to say her name? Marquetta Erglova. Awesome, thank you. Yeah. Who are two struggling musicians in Dublin. The two were actually in a band together called Swell Season, and they composed and performed the original songs, which I think is like why it's so good. Yeah, it's all happens because, there. It's, there's no yeah. dub, there's no lip dub, there's no, yeah. you know, I, the only one that I think they may have done in the studio like I'm sure that there's a lot of movie tricks that they do, but do, sure. when they do my, when your mind's made up in the studio, that mm-hmm. looks like they may have done that actually in a studio. You know what I mean? But like they're yeah. singing, falling slowly at the piano in and that famous, in that, in that famous music scene, shop in Dublin, in that famous music shop in Dublin, they're, they're, they're playing and singing it. It looks to yeah. me like they actually just have two cameras going like two handheld cameras on either side of the piano going at the yeah, same or time, just like did two or three takes. Like they yeah. did. They, it's very just, it, and it's so raw and, and exactly how it would go. If like you were trying to teach somebody a song, like, Hey, I wrote this song. Like, would you just kind of jam with me about it? And Oh my oh, God, yeah. now I'm in love with you. Like, you know, like, yeah. It's just yeah. Like, and he's like so excited. Oh man. Yeah. It, the acting is so simple anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. You know, just hearing him like yeah. get up and play in the beginning, like the fact that these two people like 
aren't acting, that this is kind of part of them and you can see them having this kind of like budding romance happening, even though she was really young, which I don't really want to talk about, but <laughs> yeah. um, they definitely uh, have a lot of chemistry and it's just, it's really well done as far as indie films are concerned. I think Once, that the, 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 just for my, for my money, it's one of the best meet cutes of all time. Definitely. It's just, it's so natural. It's not forced. It's this guy busking and playing his songs and a woman walks by and gives him a dime and gives him a dime. And he says, a dime. And, yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, and she says what it, exactly. You know? And, and she's selling magazines and yep. he's playing the guitar. And I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with that. Cause right now there's this guy outside of my window who plays his trombone on the corner yeah, of 116th yeah. street and Frederick Douglass every single day. And I'm like, well, there's your meat cute. Like if I was going to just mm -hmm. fall in love with this, Slightly crazy man who plays when the Saints Trombone. go marching in for eight hours a day, but that's a whole another story that I knew. Um, anyway, so back to back to once. Definitely, you know, sick meet you. <laughs> sick um, meet once spent years in development with the Irish Film Board, and uh, as we said, the budget was one hundred twelve thousand euros, which it is like one hundred fifty. It was like one hundred fifty thousand dollars at that time, yeah, right? Something like right. that, right? And like this was now yeah, fifteen years ago, but still not a lot of money. Yeah. Um, John, it's, it's said on uh, where I was reading about this, that John Carney wrote the outline for the film in five minutes. I'd heard that. Yeah. While he was missing his girlfriend who was acting in London. So they say it's sort of loosely based on this idea that like he has someone else somewhere yeah. else. And it's like these two, these two kindred spirits who are sort of, it's wrong place, wrong time, right, right person kind of story. God, yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. So Carney himself was the former bassist for Glenn Hansard's band, The Frames, and had asked his friend to write some stories about what it was like to be a busker, someone who like plays music on the street for money, and asked him to compose some songs for the film. But he'd intended to give the lead to Killian Murphy. Who this was crazy. I didn't, I didn't realize this at all. I, from I just Peaky Blinders. This, yeah. And K Killian was like a huge, um, an up and coming actor at the time. He was doing plays in the West End. He'd worked with uh, some of the producers before and he'd done a movie with uh, John Carney. Mm, yeah. They'd done a movie together before this happened. Yeah. So uh, Killian at that time was kind of like, he was doing the Jared Leto thing. He was performing and also in a rock band. And mm -hmm. so Murphy ends up actually turning the role down because he was uncomfortable acting with the, um, the non-actor 17 year old woman who they were <laughs> working with. And yeah. he felt like he couldn't sing it. So mm. he yeah. pulls out and then we get Glenn doing it, which I think is like, probably the best gift that could have happened because yeah. you know, this immediately becomes um, the story of some famous actor as opposed to the story of this actual musician. You right, know what I mean? Right, Just right. The feeling of this is so authentic because of who they cast. Yeah. I mean, it's his songs, you know, it's right. like all of these, yeah. it's just, it's his songs and it's, his, right. he was a busker. Like it, it it's, right. it's so funny that it's kind of loosely based on John Carney's life because it's actually Glenn's life, you know, and then right. he and Marquetta go on to fall in love and spend yeah. many years together and they're not mm -hmm. together anymore. Marquetta's married uh, and has a family of her own, like kind of, you know, they broke up, and, but right. the, like it is 
Glenn's story. It's their story. Right. You know, and they did fall in love over the course of this movie. Yeah, I mean, and a lot like, of it is improvised. Yes, like, it's the just bus like, scene and like some of that yep, stuff that yep. lives forever was just like yep. improvised. Um, also interesting, so they cool. shot a lot of the... You see this style a lot more frequently now, but they used... Um, you know, kind of just the hidden camera trick where they, they'd set the camera up far away with a long lens that can t like zoom in really far on the streets of Dublin or wherever, yeah. you know, and then they just have non-actors kind of around and you just play the scene with some uh, wireless microphones in the middle of town. So in the I beginning, when Glenn's uh, musician bag with all of his money and gets stolen, which I play completely that scene forgot out. about. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. So they it's play so that funny. scene out in public and somebody comes to defend him and knees the guy in the groin oh, during oh filming, God, which isn't actors. in the movie, but like the actor who steals oh, the bag no. gets like assaulted by some pedestrian who was trying oh to save God. It was hilarious. Um, That's anyway, amazing. the show, That's amazing. Uh, the movie made, um, well, just on that too, back in the movie, yeah. like when, when she is, when she's singing, um, uh, if you want me, uh, when she, when, when Glenn says like, Hey, if you want to try like, you know, to write some lyrics to this song and uh, they mm -hmm. do that, she's walking out, listening to her headphones and there are these kids in the background and the yeah. kids are absolutely like, what? is going on. Am I going to be in a movie? Do I want, yeah. and they like follow on their scooters. And then you can kind of see in the background that like a PA or somebody is like, Hey, like go away. Like don't, <laughs> don't follow. This don't, is a great take. And we only yes, have tonight to get it. Exactly. We have yeah. two seconds before they you know. shot the whole thing in 17 days, which is really fast. So crazy. So um, crazy. Yeah. And as of this stat is obviously a little, a little old, but as of March, 2009, uh, which was about two years after the movie came out, they'd grossed $20 million worldwide. So yeah. that is a, a well, they, large profit. <laughs> they got my, uh, they got my three ninety nine. dollars They um, sure did mine too. You know, this morning. So yeah. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Um, historical context for the world at the moment. I'm going to focus this kind of on what was going on in the Broadway community uh, on October 22nd. Several months after the show opened, obviously Hurricane Sandy comes in and is this record hurricane spanning 900 miles that results in you know, more than 200 people dying and $70 billion in damage. Yep. And Broadway actually shut down. Mm -hmm. um, as Sunday night, they shut down the subway system, so they had to cancel some shows because they were worried about people getting back. And then on Monday, the Broadway League said they were going to have to take some days off. And then by Wednesday night, the subways were running again, and by Thursday, shows were playing. And Joe, you were in the show at that time. I, I was, and actually, I was trying to look it up because I thought that one of my earliest 
Instagram pictures, which is not <laughs> totally true. I need to like actually find this, but it used to be, I had a picture of the first show that we had back after Hurricane Sandy. And yeah. we were sold, it was like, you know, this was when once was like, we killing still mm-hmm. selling at 102%, you know, standing room mm-hmm. only every single show. And the very next show back, you know, we were sold at 20%, 15% right. or something. There was no, people just could not get into the city for mm-hmm. the, for quite a while. Um, I also remember like, I remember that so co- clearly just being like shacked up in my apartment in Harlem with, you know, RJ Brown and a couple of friends, yeah. like just like living through a hurricane. It was, it was, crazy but then you know a couple days off and then broadway bounces back the way that it will uh-huh. it'll bounce back from a hurricane it'll bounce back from yep. a pandemic because people mm-hmm. were just they were really excited that those for those early shows after the the hurricane were really emotional because everybody was i mean the damage was incredible and people had lost homes and the south street seaport was still underwater at the time mm-hmm. like the one train wasn't working all sorts of stuff it was just crazy yeah. And thankfully it was really close to the holidays. So people were, you know, they had already right. purchased tickets and they were. Yeah. They're coming for know, Thanksgiving. And yeah. There's an that investment time, already yeah. made. I think if, if this had happened sort of in March, then, you know, in, in a time when it was more slow, it could have been a right. lot harder for some shows to actually make it through this. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Broadway sales dropped to less than 14 million that week. And which is like a loss of about $6 million week over a week, which mm-hmm. a lot of shows like can't really recover from that. But obviously once was able to push through because mm-hmm. it won the Tony, I bet. <laughs> um, general audience response. I went into letterbox to look for some reviews and none of them were as the good film? as oh. last week. Oh, okay. But okay. There was some gems here from yeah. IMDB that, you know, Steven Spielberg loved the movie. He said that it gave him enough inspiration to last him the rest of the year. Mm. And Bob Dylan was a huge fan of the movie, ended up invite, inviting Glenn and Marquetta to open for him on his tour uh, that same year. So I thought that was, that was interesting, obviously. That's so The cool. show's done very well. And... Um, here we are talking about it still. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I love it. It's my moving on to the creative team. Um, show was directed by John Tiffany, who was recruited after the producer who we'll talk about, um, purchased the rights to the, the movie to make into a musical very early on, like 2008. Yeah. So it took a long time to put it together, but they, she then saw, a production of a show called Black Watch that John Tiffany and Stephen Hoggett were working on at St. Anne's Warehouse yep. and said this Which is they the had team. done at the National. They yeah. had done that at the National in London and mm-hmm. then it came over. Um which is very cool. So then I mean I wonder and I forget this, this may have been the first musical that John had directed, or at least at this level. Once was it was definitely you know. the first Broadway musical he directed. Yeah. yeah. Um I don't know about um other musicals that he was doing in in the UK, but um, he then went on to direct Glass Menagerie, uh, which Stephen Hoggett worked on, and Harry Potter as well, which they worked on together. Yeah. So obviously he's left his stamp. That production of Glass Menagerie was amazing. Yeah. Um, when Celia Keenan Bulger came out of the couch, <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> like, like what? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, totally. that yeah, yeah, the coolest. Um, Stephen Hoggett is uh, Stephen Hoggett is a he's ex British military and he comes from a very athletic background. His shows are known for kind of hyper stylized pedestrian movement. I think like the ones was a very great 
uh, representation of that. He made his Broadway debut choreographing American Idiot. So we, I got to know him through that and through his work through that. He also worked on Peter and the Starcatcher, which was the best play this same season. So he kind of like made a big splash um, once and, and Starcatcher in the same season. Then he went on to work on Curious Incident and that staging is unbelievable. So he obviously crazy. did uh, Rocky and The Last Ship and several other things. Eventually goes on to do Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. How would you describe Stephen Hoggett's choreography? Uh, I think you nailed it. I think it's pre, it's pedestrian, you know, hyper stylized pedestrian motion. I mean, like yeah. you know, the once is once is a is a. It's just about kind of a, like a weekend in the life, you know, almost a week in the life of of people and. You know, it's, it's bankers, it's shop owners, it's mothers and, Mm -hmm. you know, brothers and sons, you know, it's, it's not anything that is really stylized. So like my, my favorite movement in the show obviously was, was when during, during gold, which, you know, the Tony award performance is, is, is iconic. Mm -hmm. Steven teaching, you know, how do you dance with a cello? How do you dance you know, yes, people dance with a guitar, but how does it feel to move with a guitar when like you're playing and then the spirit moves, you you know? Mm-hmm. And so like that sort of thing, which everybody saw in the Tony Awards, which is, which is remarkable. But then the, I like the stuff in the, in the bank there, like when there's a, the great mm-hmm. scene in the movie where mm-hmm. they go to the bank and they ask for a loan and yeah. in the Broadway musical, a uh, guy sings, say it to me now as like an audition for the banker. And mm-hmm. in the background of say it to me now is, is, are these three like you know, what you would almost call tell like bank tellers, tellers right. you know, uh, doing movement. Like what would they be doing in the background while this person is, is mm-hmm. playing a song in the next room. And it's just, it's, it's haunting and unbelievable. Um, so I, I think you hit, you hit it on the head as far as how we describe his movement. How about Martin Lowe? You want to talk about Martin Lowe? Yeah, I mean, Martin was the music director and won the uh, the Tony for Best Orchestrations, as we mentioned. Uh, he also worked on Harry Potter, and he's the MD on Sing Street right now, which is, you know, was about to open on Broadway before the mm-hmm. pandemic hit. Um, same Sing Street sort of is also a, a John Carney movie. John Carney film. Um, yeah. And that one actually feels remarkable. Again, my mom says I got to stop saying remarkable. I, that's, <laughs> I say it too much on the podcast. So like, I, I, we, get, we get notes from our moms. That's like what we, we do. <sighs> Um, and yeah. so, uh, I'm not allowed to say remarkable anymore. Um, but I think it's super cool. Um, Sing Street feels like a John Carney bio movie mm. because it takes place with like, you know, people like this band in, in the UK and the eighties mm-hmm. loving Duran Duran and like, mm-hmm. you know, flock of seagulls and shit. And mm-hmm. like, so I, I felt like, and he actually wrote a couple of songs for that movie. So I'm really excited to see Sing Street. I think everybody, I love that movie. everybody, we could even talk about that movie. Um, on yeah. here as, as well because we're kind of like turning into a movie a movie musical podcast because right. there's no shows to see um but martin martin was amazing sorry back to martin Lowe. um he was the sort of mastermind behind the pre-show which kind of was a sort of famous um element of once on broadway and on tour and you know the stage version where uh the actors would come out um, at about 15 minutes to curtain. So at like six 45 or seven o'clock show and play for like almost a half an hour, Irish and Czech folk tunes. And he would mash them up and put, you know, whiskey in a jar in the middle of, you know, Rocky road with a little, you know, redhead Mary and like all of these, he'd come up with these crazy ideas. Um, and by the time the show closed, there was almost a hundred, a hundred songs in that pre-show lineup. And what we would do is, is 
before you walked on stage, there'd be a list and it would say, okay, we're going to do Rocky road and we're going to do this. And we're going to do that. We're going to do these three tonight. Just go out there and play them. And, um, that's awesome. Everybody pick up an instrument, whatever you want to play. If you want to play guitar, play guitar. If you want to play Cajon, play Cajon. And then it started to get set. And so then it was like, okay, after, you know, two or three days, if somebody's playing Cajon and ukulele at this moment, that's now what you need to do. Mm. Um, and so that was kind of a cool, it was a very cool thing. Um, and we learned a it was ton so of electric that, you know. coming into that space. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with the bar open on stage yep. and you've got the cast there and you're like, Oh, this is a different kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah. it made it so compelling when he, when, when guy comes out, yeah, you know, and breaks that. that yeah. Well, and uh, it's, 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 it's such a great transition because they're just playing music together. They're playing, they're mm-hmm. jamming mm-hmm. and then you can't really hear it, but usually somebody on stage will turn to guy and say, why don't you play one of yours? You know, they'll mm. play and, and then he launches into leave and he plays the first half of leave with the cast and then the music and then the lights shift and all of a sudden he's by himself, you know, with a, with a guitar case in front of him busking. And, and chills again. It's like, it's just so good. So good. It's so, so, so good. good. So John Carney was the film director, writer. He uh, wrote and co-directed a film called On the Edge with that starred Killian Murphy was the movie I was, I was talking to talking about that ended up being released by Universal Studios. So that was kind of his big break. He'd done some television stuff before that. Then he goes on to direct Once, which, you know, they at the time, I don't think they had any clue what Once was going to become, but it ends up getting its world premiere at Sundance and it wins the World Cinema Audience Award in the dramatic category and goes on to be this phenomenon. He makes a movie in 2013 with Kira Knightley and Mark Ruffalo called Begin Again. And then in 2016, he wrote and directed Sing Street, which is obviously now coming to Broadway. Right now, Carney's executive producing, writing, and working uh, uh, several episodes of the Modern Love series that Amazon is making based yeah. on the Modern Love podcast, which is based on the Modern Love uh, column in the New York Times. Um, really good. I watched the first couple of those. Yeah. Uh, see, they're, they're, they're really, really good. Check those out. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you cool. guys haven't watched that. Um, seems right up his alley. Clearly he's into like romance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I dig. Yeah, as yes. we know. <laughs> yes. You texted me when you're done watching it. And you're like, nothing gets me like unrequited love. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> which is like, That's what we should title it. Yes. Um, um, that's, the, that's I great. kind of spoke a little bit about, uh, the producer, her name was, uh, Barbara Broccoli. She, she produced, uh, sh- she purchased the rights to the film in 2007. Uh, she was the heir to the Bond franchise, which you wrote here. I didn't realize that. She How did is, that work? She is, she, the, the, um, uh, what's his face? Broccoli, uh, who, who is the producer of all of the Bond movies with the, originals. Um, the original Bond movies. Mm. Uh, she is his daughter and she and the bro- she and the brother are the producers of all of the Daniel Craig and Pierce Brosnan Bond movies. So she's Got like, it. like huge, like A-list movie producer and uh-huh. A-list, uh, uh, you know, um, Broadway producer as well. Yeah. And she, cause yeah, her career is interesting. She produces like chitty, chitty, bang bang which was mm-hmm. not a success mm-hmm. and then you know later produces once and now and then bands visit and now sing mm-hmm. street and obviously i'm sure she's probably going to be somebody who makes a lot of really great things on broadway from now on but yeah. um she's she's totally totally legit yeah uh lighting i spoke briefly about natasha katz uh she's an absolute legend 
she's been nominated for 14 Tonys. <laughs> she's won six Aida, Coast of Utopia, once Glass Menagerie, American in Paris, Long Day's Journey, and Tonight. She's basically always working on a um, a show every season. She was the lighting designer for the Sound of Music tour that I did, and watching her paint with light was like magic. I used to just yeah. sit in the house and watch them and Jack would be like, I think we need to feel this. And then she would do something and it was like, she was painting with light. It was amazing. So cool. And, um, Bob, Bob Crowley did the sets and he's been nominated for 21 Tonys and he's won <laughs> nine, just absolute <laughs> legends. Uh, what do you have here so about the instruments and stuff? I know that this oh. was like a really intense kind of, yeah, lots of guitars, lots of instruments to take care of. How did that all work? Well, it just I thought it was interesting that the, there was a full time luthier backstage. Um, you know, a guy who knew how to build. I was going to say, what's that? <laughs> yeah, like a, a full time guitar technician, a guy who could basically build a violin from scratch if needed. Wow. You know, if need be. So it was cool, little sort of you know, trivia thing or whatever that the iconic guitar that that guy uses um, is that black Martin with the scratches on it. Mm -hmm. Um, There were, uh, there were like, six of them there were th- there were three different tunings so gold is tuned differently say it to me now is tuned differently and then there's standard tuning which is used for uh fall, you know falling slowly and sleeping and a whole bunch of other songs mm-hmm. um but they uh there was a couple of times where that guy you know after doing a thousand performances it only happened twice but he handed the wrong guitar to the guy at the wrong time. So he would, so a couple of times, it only happened twice that I remember he started playing the, the gold guitar when he was supposed to be doing say it to me now. And, and, and it happened with Ben when Ben hope is on stage a couple of times and you could hear that, like he's play the opening chord and it's right. It's in E major until it's super duper wrong, which is like, it was anyways, really, Really, that, that would silly. literally yeah. give me a heart attack. But at least you guys are musicians, so I'm totally. sure you could recover. <laughs> totally, it ended up being all right. He ran off stage and picked up the different one. Got it. Well, there are also these contingency plans. So if somebody broke a string in the middle right. of a song, like then somebody else would start playing lead on it. Um, and there were all of these. Everybody had backup. There were just backup instruments everywhere. It was like it was uh, you know hog heaven. Just like you know, yeah, little little Joe and the running around with all the instruments, being like, "What can I play this, this one? Can awesome. I play this one?" <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so anyway, um, so I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Um, this kind of music wise, um, casting, let's do it. Um, Steve Kazi, um, is that how you say it? No, Kazi, Steve, oh, okay. Tony, Tony winner, Steve Kazi, um, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, I mean, he was, he was a Broadway dude. Um, sort of though, it looks, yeah, it's you know, interesting when you look back yeah. at this, it's like he makes his Broadway debut in spam a lot. Then he goes on to play Billy Starbuck in one ten in the shade in this production that roundabout did that Lonnie Price directed. He's playing the lead in that. It, it doesn't run very long, less than six months. And I love then, 110 in the Shade. That, great I, that score. score is so good. Somebody's asked for us to cover that here, so we okay, got to figure out who we can bring on to do that. But, great, great. Um, and then years later, you said he's living in L.A., he gets yeah. a call to come do once, and now then he's starring in this thing and wins a Tony. Now he's exactly. back in L.A. Literally, he he was he loved, he's an L.A. guy. Yeah. Um, uh, but he was he he had uh, you know sort of been doing the Broadway grind at post post Spamalot and and this one ten in the shade revival that like he was ready for a change and he was like mm-hmm. all right I'm out of here like New York very sort of Howard Ashman he like flees to yeah. L.A. <laughs> And then, you know, Jim Carnahan, the casting director of Once, who also put you in American Idiot, um, he was like, actually, I think Kazee would be great for this because one of the things that they really wanted was a guy who's at the end of his rope, but also a guy who is, has, there's like a darkness about 
Mm. God, there's a darkness that Steve had that that Glenn didn't have. Glenn was like, even though he was like an, sort of at the end of his rope in the movie, Steve was, and I mean this affectionately, he's kind of like a rain cloud. He's kind of like a like a bit of an emo. Yeah, like, you sensed that this guy was depressed. Kind he's of, he's depressed, yeah. and he need he's like at the end of his. Th- so they wanted somebody with that heaviness and that darkness. Yeah. And I remember reading and talking to to Steve about this that like he was kind of not going to come back to New York, mm. and then. Carnahan's like, hey, listen, you, you got to come in for this tape for this, and then we'll have you out, and and then it you know completely changed his life. And one of the darkest times of I'm sh- of his life, you know, his mother had just passed away, Steve's mo- mom had just passed away, and um, he'd gone through a super public breakup, and then it was like, now you win a Tony Award. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like I mean, crazy time, crazy yeah. time. But and then he um, goes back to L.A. and works on yep. um, Shameless and a show called mm-hmm. Legend, and he's on. Mm-hmm. He's been doing a lot of TV stuff and doing yep. really well out there. Yep. Yep. Um, Chris Emiliati is interesting too, because you know, she's yep. playing girl. She, she done two plays on Broadway at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She was, she was not a musical theater. No, not a musical theater person at all, basically. And I think she's the one who brought back the thing, the, the, the cool, like, first of all, she's the coolest person in the room. For sure. N- unbelievably nice. Like and charismatic su- and like, such a sweet person. The perfect casting. Yes but she's the coolest person in the room. Mm. So now she's the coolest person in the room. And she's like, yeah, I kind of like to sing too. And I think that she was the one who really made it cool for like, you know, actors who sing as opposed to like, right, you know, right. those of us who are like, oh, we love musicals. And she's like, yeah. yeah, like whatever. Like I'd rather do Ibsen, but like play the ukulele too. And right. it's like, oh wait, that's super cool. So anyway, right. um, but she was like, she's an actor's actor, unbelievable in the show. Um, and like I mentioned, she was doing the Wolf of Wall Street that fall, um, the fall of 2012 into 2013. Uh, she most recently, she was on Fargo. Most recently she plays Patrick Wilson's wife, um, in season two of Fargo, season three of Fargo, something like that. Um, whichever one it was, I loved that whole series and it's just coming back. I was just reading, um, that, that series coming back. Um, uh, and she booked the, how I met your mother role while we were working on the show and she was like, I can't talk about like, I mm-hmm. have to move to California and I can't tell anybody. Is that why she left? That was why she left mm. um, when her contract was up, um, was to be the mom and how I met your mother in she's what maybe the mother. She's the mother, which may be the most, the biggest letdown of a series finale of a sitcom of all time. <laughs> Wow. Hot you, take. Did you watch that show? Yeah. Yeah. I just loved that it was her. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. She's amazing. It's, she can yeah. kind of do no wrong in my, right. in my, uh, in my eyes. But anyway. Um, so yeah. Notable casting changes. Yeah. Um, obviously Arth- Joe Carroll as, as understudy, but you know, obviously Joe Carroll <laughs> in his Broadway debut. Um, Arthur Darvel as guy yeah. was unbelievable because yeah. he, Steve Steve has the darkness but yeah. Arthur, Arthur brought the had light. this yeah. well no he had this like this the screaming thing like yeah it sounded like it hurt it like yeah. he really he was really <laughs> right. going through it vocally and that's just so exciting to hear from somebody who's just graduated from musical theater school where everyone's trying to be like clean right 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 he's right he's not right, right. like yeah. optioning he's just like out there like pouring his soul and his guitar it was just amazing he, and he was I got to meet him because of you he was such a nice guy obviously yep. Paul Nolan ends up going on to play guy who's also a friend of the pod yep. Paul's a legend yep. and yep. barely even said he wasn't even that comfortable with the guitar when he played it but I'm sure that yep. was iconic I didn't 
get to see him, unfortunately. Yeah, um, I saw Joe's, his last performance. He was the, awesome. the, uh, Carlos. You, you, we were gonna Carlos Valdez of the Flash, our good friend. He yeah. came in as Andre. There's I yeah. have a good story about that too. But he, uh, w- Carlos, and I went together to see the very last performance, and Paul was um, amazing. He was. I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, he, he just and he sounded like a dream. I mean, the guy's got my favorite musical theater voice ever, and he just you know him on say it to me now is just one for the record books. So yeah, I gotta um, find it. Um, I thought this was funny. This little bullet point that she put in here, Joe's Joe's on-screen lover. lover, (laughs) Laura Dreyfus's girl. If you haven't seen Joe's episode of The Politician, you're going to know a lot more about (laughs) Joe (laughs) after you see it. Um, And also, I love uh, Katrina Link as as Reza um, before Um, she was iconic. Katrina Lank before she was uh, the icon, you know, the icon uh, Tony winner. Um, mm-hmm. So Carlos Valdez, um, just a quick story about this was fun. So Carlos and I, you know, we've been friends since uh, Carlos since went college. To with us. Yeah, he was a year older than me, and he had gotten off the Jersey Boys national tour, and he came back from Jersey Boys, and he was like, I'm, "I think I'm going to move to Italy." and be a wolf farmer. I think I'm going to like I'm going to go woofing in, in Italy. Wait, just basically really? live, I've always live wanted a, to do yeah. that. So he had made all the plans. He's like, I'm going to move to Italy for a year and I'm just going to learn how to be an organic farmer. And, uh, and I was like, okay, man, well, you've been on the road for the last year. Like, I really, I miss you. Like, is there anything that would get you to stay in New York? And he's like, well, like, I like a Broadway show, but that's probably not going to happen. Um, that day, Will Connolly had put in his notice that he was going to leave. Um, Will Connolly had told us the the original bass player um, in once had said he was going to leave, and I said to Carlos, Carlos is a phenomenal musician, the best, one of the best and musicians I've ever known, and pr- his primary instrument is bass. And I said, I might have a Broadway show for you, and so I'm like, you got to call your agent, you got to tell him this is happening. And then he came over to my apartment, and I taught him a bunch of the music, and then he went on a book to show. <laughs> wow! So, and so his agent, uh, his agent Pete, when he sees me, still is like, hey man, I owe you five percent for uh, yeah. You know, Real. for Carlos's one contract, which was that's amazing. Yeah, and Carlos has yeah. obviously gone on to do the Flash, and and is you know yeah. I'm curious to see what the next phase of his career is going to be after I that know. show's over. Seriously, um, seriously, dream casting. Yeah, um, no, I yeah yeah I, no. well the, <laughs> <laughs> no no well what I was gonna I put on here Joe is guy lol's bye no. <laughs> uh, but uh, Dan's not allowing that what I really <laughs> wished was that Glenn would have played it on Broadway I yeah. really wish that Glenn that would have done it in the West yeah. End or done it on Broadway yeah because um, it just would have been it would have had mean, that American prob- idiot he, energy totally he probably exactly like American idiot he probably would have been able to do maybe two or three shows a week the way that that right. dude sings like right. he would have blown his voice out like also Glenn Hansard loves his cigarettes and whiskey and I mean it sounds yeah. like you know what I mean like yeah, he, is, yeah. he is a party animal and he loves to stay out till four o'clock in the morning talking about mm-hmm. his feelings um you know Classic. and which you know I will do with you Glenn and you know <laughs> it only we only got to do it twice but I remember sitting at the bar with Glenn Hansard being like oh my god He's talking about his, you know, anyway, that's a story for another time. Anyway, um, th- so that was mine. Or like somebody like Josh Henry, like a real guitar player, you yeah. know, any musician, if you put anybody who, you know, you know, even somebody like freaking Ed Sheeran, if you put like somebody like who just yeah. lives with a guitar in this mm-hmm. role, um, and you know, same with, same with piano players, somebody like Ingrid Michelson yeah. or, you know, Sarah Bareilles. Sarah Bareilles. Wow. Yeah. You know, like anything like that would be sick. Yeah. Um, all right. Fun part. Goosebumps. Songs we love. Obviously, it is iconic. Um, 
I just think you have to know all of them. I mean, <laughs> I love Leave and I love yeah, Say It like To Me we're Now. we're going to name every single song in the show. Which is the point. Like we talked about, mm-hmm. the movie works because the songs are so good. Yeah. Um, so the music is just, rem- I'm not allowed to say remarkable. The music is so fucking good. Um, <laughs> I think it was cool that they started, um, you don't really get to hear Leave in the movie. Leave yeah. is only played in a snippet in the movie, but that was how the musical opened, which I thought was cool that they sort mm-hmm. of flipped how what the meat cute is i actually like that it say it to me now more because he's screaming say it to me now and then this woman goes up and says hey what's up as opposed to him singing leave like which would you really the, would you which is like you know hey get away from me <laughs> like would yeah you really which, would? But, but it, lets it works her, on stage yeah it lets her know that he's got this baggage of this like right. thing that you know Right. It's, and it's really interesting. If, his I want is like I want a new life. Like I want to yeah. t- put and actually what what makes her her say like start speaking to him in the musical is when he puts the guitar down. He puts the guitar down and he walks away and she's like why are you walking away from your guitar? And he's like I'm done. It's not, you know, I don't want to play music anymore. So that's you know it's different than just yeah. like, you know, it works better on stage anyway. So, um the stakes but, are higher. Yeah, I think the that's the thing high. about yeah. the stage show is yeah. that they so right. figured out You're ways so right. to make the stakes when, when I, what I mean by that is like to make it more important and to make it more final and more sus- suspenseful because yeah. in the movie, it's just kind of like, but that's here we in, are in two the, people yeah. like, right. you know, here's a slice of life, you know, yeah, totally. kind of thing. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day. Couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, I think that the goosebump test for me in this is basically anytime that he goes from like extreme loud to extreme soft, like when it, when it builds and builds and builds, (laughs) yeah, you know, and the say it to me or in, um, you know, when your mind's made up and they, they play that whole middle section and he's screaming and then it just like, (laughs) and then it just cuts. Yeah. The first time I really yeah. learned how to count in 5 4. Yeah. That's the first time that 5 4 made sense to me. Me too. Yeah. So that's the best. Um, yeah. Yeah. The same thing is true with like the leave build with all mm-hmm. of that screaming, which like became no. the only song I could play on the guitar for several years because mm. I just loved the feeling of that. Yeah. Like, I love me a scream song. You have to now leave. Leave. 
the scene with his dad at the oh end. Oh my god! Oh my is god! Is the thing that breaks me up. Like, I don't make, know what it is. Make there's your a, mom a lot, proud. Ugh. Yeah, there's a lot of history about like yep. my relationship with this show and and like what it meant to me and my family at the time and stuff. And yeah. that scene just does me in. Yeah, absolutely. And then here's one thing that I just wanted to. This is a spoiler alert. So if you haven't watched the movie, stop listening now. Go watch it. It's really good. We had a great time. This is what you waiting for. Your chance to even love the score. Oh, as they shadows fall. Oh, me now. Yeah. Because I'm So now, if you've made it this far, the ultimate, maybe my number one goosebump moment of all time in movies, period, is the reveal of the piano Mm -hmm. at the end when he buys her the piano. Um, On stage, it was unbelievable. Um, in the movie, it's it like you you see it come. I know it's coming, and I start crying earlier because I know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so that to me is just goosebumps on goosebumps. Um, and just the way that in the in the Broadway musical, like when you listen to that that falling slowly finale, and you you that's when it's happening in the falling slowly finale. It's yeah. like they're putting a bow on the piano, mm-hmm. and that's the reveal. And it's like, oh god, yeah. oh my god. <laughs> I know. Um, and you're like, come back. Yeah. He says, do you love your husband? And she says in Czech, Ugh. no, I love you. you. Right, right. Which right. they don't translate because they want you to be in the position that he's in where you don't know the answer. Like, come I f- on. I totally forgot about that because on, yeah. on stage, they they do, it's subtitled. The Czech is subtitled. Subtitled, yeah. And so they, they put the, I love you. So, you know, he says, how do you say, do you still love him in Czech? And then... She, she he repeats that to her and then he asks uh and then she, so he says do you still love him in check and she says miliotebe which means i love you and it's it is super titled on stage but it's not in the movie so in the movie he's yeah. like what's what does that mean and i remember it watching it the first time being like what what does that what does that mean what does that mean right and then like I was watching with my mom she was like that, it obviously means I love you and I was like okay well I don't know mom <laughs> <laughs> okay mom okay mom I thought like, it was remarkable I thought it was really, really <laughs> fuck you Dan <laughs> you know pretty production numbers uh, yeah the gold the, it's, it's know, a unique kind of show yeah. it's a little different yeah. um, for that reason yeah, famous the motifs one gold, obviously yeah. um, falling slowly that lick at the top of falling yeah. slowly at the end of it's falling slowly iconic. is iconic so many people who don't really know this show also know that um, and that was fun because it was the that is it's very easy to play when no one is watching but then in, on stage uh the dad says go the dad says to him go son you know make your ma proud mm-hmm. it's dead silent and the actor who's playing Eamon has to start that final falling slowly and if i tell you that like 
everybody who's ever played Amon has been like, dun, dun, kink, clank, 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 clank. I, you know, like, oh, God, shit. And then your hand starts sweating. And like, it's dead, dead ass silent. Like, you know that it's like, you know, or you start playing Don't mess it. it up. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. That's genius. Yeah. I, I couldn't do any of it. So favorite <laughs> lyrics? Um, uh, I think that um, one, of the, one of the lyrics that I, I thought was really awesome in the movie um, is, is when he sing, sings Lies. Lies is one of the songs that is that one of my favorite songs that's not actually in the stage show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 the little cracks, they escalated. And before you know, it's too late for making circles and telling lies. I think it's time we give it up and figure out what's stopping us. It's just like a very simple, like, mm-hmm. we got to move on, got to move on, got to move on sort of song. I mean, mm-hmm. I love gold. I think, you know, and I love her so I wouldn't trade her for gold. And I love her so I wouldn't trade her for gold I'm walking on moon I was born with a silver spoon And I'm gonna be me I'm gonna be free While I'm walking on moonbeams Staring out that was actually not written by Glenn. Uh, that was written by Fergus O'Farrell, who was an mm-hmm. actor, musician, Irish actor, musician. Um, so yeah, those are, those are probably my, I mean, there's so many, yeah. all of Falling Slowly is just friggin' perfect. So yeah, it should win like, the Academy Award for Best Song, which I think it did. Right. So. It's also, <laughs> a, it, it's the matter of like, the way that the lyrics fit with the songs and what the songs mean in the context, it's like that perfect kind of old right. musical theater magic where it's just story and song and the way that the melodies fit with how the songs work. Cause you know, yeah. um, even when you read down the lyrics of gold, it doesn't quite have the same magnitude as when you hear the whole thing. Right. Well, especially the choral part, which we're talking about. Is there yep. anything better than this choral arrangement of gold? I don't think no, so. Like, honestly, gets me every time. I Sometimes I just listen to it on repeat yep. just because I need yep. it. Um, yep, same. But also I love leave. I love the idea of leave. I love like 
<laughs> I've clearly been a bitter lover at some point and like this song just really works for me. So um, I've definitely had a couple of cry sessions that have ended with me playing that song very loud. I can't wait forever is all that you said before you stood up and you won't disappoint me I can do that myself and I'm glad that you've come now if you don't mind leave <laughs> like yeah yes. yeah Mm-hmm. You won't disappoint me. I can do that myself. That is true. Yep. <laughs> check. Never check. Check. <laughs> check, please. Check, please. We're all done here. That's great. Um, That's great. Songs you must know. Falling slowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. Leave gold. Say it to me now. Yep, everything from top to bottom. That's the whole show, right? Um, yeah, that's basically that. You know, um, I, and also like the hill. The, the mm-hmm. song that she sings mm-hmm. about her husband. Um, is just also heart wrenching, and you gotta know it. It's just, it's a good cry. You want a good cry? Everybody feeling it? We Go. found it. We found it for you. We found it for you. Most replayed. Oh, most replayed for me is probably gold. Oh, mine's falling slowly. Um, I just, I find myself. I, but I also go through phases. Right. Um, falling slowly was one of the first songs I ever learned how to play on the guitar. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of those songs that, like, when it came out, you know. 16 you know 16 years old learning how to play guitar a lot of people were that was the first one that was like our our g- yeah. generation's version of stairway to heaven <laughs> right <laughs> <No>? <laughs> um so so that one that but gold gold is just is just unbelievable i think this is really funny i didn't realize this this fun fact that you put in here about brokenhearted mm-hmm. hoover fixer sucker guy <laughs> they filmed this during the movie and it was improvised so they're on the back of the bus and go ahead joe T- Ten years ago, I fell in love with an Irish girl. She broke my heart. But then she went and screwed some guy that she knew. And now I'm in Dublin with a broken heart. Oh, broken-hearted Hoover fixer sucker guy. Oh, broken-hearted Hoover fixer sucker sucker guy. Uh, that's all I remember. I didn't know I was gonna do that, but I just did. And then it, and then it like <laughs> caps with a with a punchline. It, it's it's like you totally need the moment in the show. Aging. How did the themes hold up to the times? I mean, I think like unrequited love stories are always like a thing that I'm in. I'm you know, in. the best like, line in the movie for me is when when they're they're fantasizing about going to London together, and she right. says, "Can I bring my mother?" And it's just like it's the best way to say i have i have so much responsibility right there's no way that this is gonna happen right can i bring my mother it always got a laugh on broadway which was really cool right it's just this moment where you're like oh fuck like god please go to be together but no it's not no. Work. oh what age is the best the low budgetness of it the lo-fi of it still holds up incredibly well mm-hmm. um and i think that I just, yeah, I, I feel like it's, you know, again, like you said, unrequited love just works. Like it's not, they need each other. You know, yes, it is. It, the, she, she provides, you know, she is the impetus for him to make a record, but it's a movie about two people who are lost and need each other. You know what I mean? And yeah. then like, it just, it's, 
to me, I don't know. I, I have no, I have no qualms with it. You know, I think it's like two people who have a dream. And if these two people were with each other at the right time, Mm -hmm. they would have gone to chase their dreams together and made something beautiful. Right. So when they do meet each other, they're trying to motivate each other to live their dreams, but they've never had that before. It's like a movie about like when you need support from someone Mm -hmm. and you've never had that before. Um, like when she starts playing the piano and singing during falling slowly and he's just staring at her and doesn't move. Mm -hmm. The picture of that is just like, that's what the movie's about. (laughs) I know. I know. Just like, you know, eyes (laughs) open, mouth agape, just wow. You know? know. Yeah. Good stuff. Totally. Totally. I couldn't even think of something that didn't age well. I, I know, I know. It's um, I think what didn't age well is that it's not still on Broadway. <laughs> yeah, truly. Honestly, you they know. probably just couldn't cast that many musicians. It, I, I don't know exactly. One of the things that we didn't really talk about was that it was the fastest recouping show in Broadway history. It, it recouped its initial oh. investment faster than any show in Broadway history. It, it recouped its, like it was like 8 million bucks or 10 million bucks or something and it recouped it in uh, less than 20 weeks. Wow. Um, yeah. Like it was so successful financially, yeah, critically, everything. And and when they closed it, there was, I mean, there's always reasons and producers have reasons, but I remember the cast was like, yo, we're still selling pretty darn well. Make money. And why, why close it? But mm. it's not supposed to live, not, you know, it's not supposed to live forever. Yeah. Somebody told me that shows have to close so that another show can open. And then that's, that's Broadway history. That's how it goes. You got to leave. You could play the whole song. I was waiting for you to sing. Thank you for listening to Guys Who Like Musicals. We are produced by Dan Tracy and Joe Carroll, your hosts. You can find us on Instagram at Guys Who Like Musicals or on Twitter at Musical Guys. For more information about us or our show, please visit our new website at guyswholikemusicals.com. You can find our merch store, our Patreon page, and more. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.